We're going to be in Hebrews. So we're going to uh, begin Hebrews 11 today, but we're not going to get very far into Hebrews 11. We're only going to get in, uh, to, the, to the first verse, um, which means we're going to have a whole lot to cover next week. But I felt like it was really important for us to, to spend some time on the beginning of this chapter, this very very important chapter of the scripture that gives us lots of encouragement from those that have come before us um, and how they walked and how they lived their lives, not by sight, but by faith. So as we begin Hebrews chapter 11, though, we're going to back up to the last two verses of Hebrews chapter 10. So we're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, and we're going to read through verse 1 of Hebrews 11. Three simple verses this week is what we're going to cover. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not the, of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the power of the gospel to change us, Lord, to conform us, to mold us and shape us, Lord, to break through the darkness of sin and bring us into the light of your Son. Father, we thank you for the power of the gospel and the powerful work it has done in our lives. We ask that you would take your word today and by your spirit continue to change us and transform us and conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. For your glory, Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The just shall live by faith. But anyone who draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But then the writer says, the apostle says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe. That word believe right there is the word faith. It's the exact, it's literally the word faith. It's translated believe. You might have a translation that says, but of those who have faith to the saving of the soul. My new King James says, to those who believe to the saving of the soul, but that word believe there is the same word as the just shall live by faith. Or we could say the just shall live by what they believe. But what we need to understand is what we profess to believe, that's our faith. The just shall live by faith. So faith is not just something we claim that we have or say that we believe. Faith has got to be more than what is up here. Faith has got to be here. And it, just, it does not just define what's happening in my mind. Faith must define and dictate my life, my entire life. Those who have faith, those who believe, do not draw back, but they believe, they have faith to the saving of the soul. 
And then we go right into verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we're going to talk today about specifically three words from verse 1 of Hebrews 11. The word faith, the word substance, and the word evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have things we're hoping for, and we have things that are not seen. And we're hoping for things that we can't see. Now there are a lot of things that God has given us that we can see, that we can feel, that we can touch, right? But all that God has promised us in Jesus Christ is not everything we can see and feel and touch on this earth. The fullness of what God has promised us in Jesus Christ, much of it is yet unseen and unknown. We can't grasp it yet because it is yet unseen. But that does not mean it's not real. And when I say real, I mean real, like real like this earth, real like this concrete slab we're sitting on, standing on. I mean real and tangible. The things that God has promised us in Jesus Christ, even the unseen things, they are real, they are tangible, they are eternal. That means those things will never pass away. Whatever limitation we have now, whatever persecution we have now, whatever tribulation we have now, whatever situation or circumstance we may find ourselves in right now on this earth, in these lives, in these bodies, that will pass away. That is temporary. But what God has promised us in Jesus Christ, what we have right now and what is yet unseen those are eternal, and they will never pass away. So the just live by faith, and those who have faith will not draw back to perdition, but they will have faith to the saving of the soul. That means they will have faith to the very end. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith. The reason I started in Verse 38 of chapter 10 is because of this statement, now the just shall live by faith. Are you just? Well, you're, whether you are just or not is not just, no pun intended, is not just because you act justly or you value justice or you're a fair person and you want to be just and act justly to those around you. That's all good. But when the Bible talks about you being just, that's not just talking about how you behave or the types of decisions you make or how you view other people or interact with other people. That should be defined by our faith. But if we're justified, we're justified by what Christ has done, not by what we do. Our justification is not based on what we do. Our justification is based on what Christ has done. So the just shall live by faith. Those who have been justified in Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ, must live by faith. The faith of Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. 
trusting in what Christ has done to make us just, not what we must try to do ourselves. The writer of Hebrews quotes Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. His soul is not upright in him, but the just. Well, that indicates that the proud who does not have an upright soul is different from the just who does have an upright soul. And our uprightness or our right standing with God comes from where? Our ability to stand up straight? No, it comes from Jesus Christ who gives us our right standing with God. And we have right standing with God because we are in Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So we're not righteous, Christ is righteous, but we are given his righteousness, imputed his righteousness. It's counted to us as, in, as righteousness as we trust Christ because we believe Christ is righteous. Christ walked righteously, lived righteously, lived sinlessly and upright before his Father, died on the cross, and his sinless blood was shed for us, and it cleanses us so that we can be called the upright, the righteous, the just in Jesus Christ. Well, how do the just live? Well, the prophet says, and the apostle says, the just shall live by faith. Paul re-emphasizes this in Galatians, in his letter to the Galatians. He quotes the prophet again, Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Why? For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. In other words, if you choose to live by the law, then you better do all of it and you better keep it perfectly because that's how you're going to be judged. So if you're trusting in your ability to keep the law, that's how God will judge you one day, on your ability to keep the law. But if you recognize that you cannot keep the law, that you are a sinner, helpless and hopeless apart from the grace of God, and you put your trust in the only one who ever did keep God's law perfectly, the Lord Jesus Christ, as you trust in him, guess what? You are called just, and you have been justified because of your faith in Jesus. And this is Paul's point. No one is justified by the law in the sight of God, for the just shall live by faith. So we see that faith is more than mental assent. Faith is what we believe, and what we believe is how we live our life. This is a really basic thing, but it's really true. What people believe is actually what they do. What you do is what you believe. You can say you believe all kinds of things or don't believe all kinds of things, but how you live your life really demonstrates what you truly believe. And so belief isn't just what I hold up here. Belief is how I live my life. Belief is how... What I hold here and what I hold here is manifest out here through my life. The just shall live by faith implies that there is a living out or a walking out of what we believe or what we trust 
to be true. And this is why James writes in James 2.18, the Apostle James writes this, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, James is saying something really practical here. I can talk to you and try to describe to you invisible things and tell you how much I believe in invisible things, but are you going to be able to see those invisible things? Are you, able gonna, are you able to really know whether those invisible things are real based on what I'm telling you? Because I have nothing I can show you because it's invisible. It's just, it's just what I'm trying to tell you what I believe. James says, you go ahead and do that and try to show us invisible things with your words, but you can't show people invisible things with your words. He says, but I'll show you my faith with my works. It's like fruit on a tree, right? We can talk about eating an apple, and I can tell you all about eating an apple, describe to you eating an apple, but if you've never seen an apple, if you don't know what an apple is, I mean, I might be able to give you a really good description, but you're never going to really know what an apple is until you actually what? Take an apple in your hand and take a bite of it and, and, and eat it and taste it and experience it and know what an apple is. That's what James is saying. That's what faith is. Don't tell me what your faith is. Show me what your faith is. You say that you have faith. and You tell me you have faith but I will show you my faith by my works. The just shall live by faith, and the just man's life will show his faith by his works. So we know that faith works. We're not saved by works, but if we are saved, our life will produce works that can be seen and known and experienced just like fruit on a tree. And we don't have to try to describe some invisible, intangible concept. Let me show you. Taste and see. Let me let you experience. And so people should be able to know and experience our faith based on how we walk and how we live our life. Faith is a gift from God. The faith the just man walks by is a gift from God. Second Peter verses one, chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant of the apostle and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained. That word obtained is an interesting word. In the NASB 95 version, it is the word received. And it may be in other translations. That word obtained carries with it this connotation of casting lots. We know what Psalm uh, or Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs, what, 1633, the lot is cast, but every outcome is from the Lord. We have obtained like precious faith. To those who have obtained, to those who have received, How did you get your faith? You received it. You obtained it. Not by yourself. You didn't earn it. It wasn't inherent in you. Because the Bible says you were dead. And you were darkness. 
Romans 3, Paul says, There is none good, no, not one. There is none who seek after God. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not dead. Faith is not lifeless. Faith is living. Faith is light. Faith is life. Faith is action. Faith is not just some mental concept. Faith should dictate the way we live our life, the way we walk out our life. That's not part of us inherently. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, the prophet Ezekiel talks about how one day, talking to Israel, and he talks, uses the metaphor of a person with a stone-cold heart. He says, but there's coming a day when God will remove that stone-cold heart from your flesh and put within your flesh a heart of flesh. A heart that will love, a heart that will believe. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Then I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. That kind of sounds like walking by faith. That kind of sounds like the just who will walk by faith. How will the just walk by faith? They're going to be able to walk by faith when God gives them a new heart. When God gives them a heart of faith. Philippians 1.29, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. We like the believe part, we don't like the suffer part. But suffering is part of this life. Jesus made a promise to his disciples, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I mean, that's a promise of God we don't like to talk about. Because no one wants tribulation. No one looks for tribulation, but we don't have to look for it, it just comes to us. Well, what do we do with it when it comes to us? In whatever form, whether it comes in the form of physical illness or whether it comes in the form of real persecution like people in Sri Lanka and other parts of the world or right here in our nation. Over Passover, someone walked into a synagogue and and killed, shot and wounded several and killed a worshiper. You can say what you want, but that's persecution. What do we do in the midst of that? Well, the Bible says, Jesus said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. He didn't ever say that he would protect you from ever having to go through tribulation. He said, I'll be with you as we go through tribulation. And I've already overcome. I've already won the victory. So be of good cheer. Your tribulation doesn't define the outcome of your life. Your tribulation doesn't define you. Your situation doesn't define you. Your faith in Jesus Christ should define you, though. Your faith in Jesus Christ should show the world who you are, even in the midst of tribulation or trial or circumstance. It has been granted on behalf of Christ to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake.
Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Remember, we're not saved by good works, but we're saved for good works. And the Bible says that God has created those good works beforehand. Beforehand, before what? I believe just like he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, when he chose us in him, he chose us and created good works for us to walk in. This is your time of visitation. You're on planet earth right now. You are his workmanship in Christ Jesus if you are his child, if you have been born again. You say, well, how do I know, pastor, if I've been born again? Well, the Bible says that your spirit will bear witness within you, with his spirit, that you are a child of God. You say, well, what if my spirit doesn't bear witness? Then cry out to the Savior and ask him to save you. Because the Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And he will not put to shame those who call upon his name. You say, is it that easy? Yes, it's that easy. Now, I didn't say walking out your faith is easy. See, that's the mistake we make sometimes. We think that if, if I just confess faith in Jesus, then all my troubles will be over because now Jesus is my magic bullet. He's my lucky charm that will keep all the bad things away from me. There are theologies that teach that, but they're heresies. And you should not listen to them and you should not embrace them. But at the very same time I say that, we should not discount the promise of God either. That God is more powerful than we can imagine. That what he has planned for us and what he has freely given to us in Christ is more amazing, more wonderful than we could ever humanly imagine. That we can call upon his name and we can pray in his name and ask him to do miraculous, impossible things. And do you know what? He is absolutely capable of doing them. And, and he very often does do them. He does them all around us all the time. We just don't have eyes to see it. But when we ask God for specific things and God doesn't give us the specific thing we ask for, it's not that he's not powerful enough to do it. He obviously is. It's not that he doesn't love us enough or we haven't earned his love enough for him to give us what we want. That's, our, that's us creating God in our own image. That's how humans work. That's not how God works. The way God answers your prayer has nothing to do with God's love for you. The fact that you can even pray to him and he hears your prayer, he, you, that could not even take place if God did not love you. When God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want him to, it has nothing to do with his love for us. It has to do with his will for us. And trusting God is not just trusting him when everything goes exactly the way we want it to go. Trusting God is trusting him when things don't go the way we want them to go. When we want them to go. Trusting God is saying, Lord, I don't understand. Obviously, what I desire is not your will. 
And that's disappointing, and that's hurtful, and that's painful. Nevertheless, I trust you. Can we do that? That's what faith does. That's, that's living by faith. That's walking by faith. That's the just living by faith. It's trusting God even when God's will seems diametrically opposed to my own. Well, what am I going to do? Am I going to insist in my own will and rebel against God in my will? Or am I going to submit to God and surrender to Him and say, Lord, nevertheless, Your will be done, not mine. Can we trust God in that way? The just walk by faith, and faith will give us life and give us legs to walk in the good works that God has prepared for us beforehand. And it will also give us legs to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It will give us legs to walk through the flood and to walk through the fire and to trust that even though I walk through it, ultimately I will not be burned. I will not be overcome because God has overcome already. And we do not walk alone, but he walks with us in whatever situation, in whatever circumstance we may find ourselves in. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So the just live by faith. This word substance is an interesting word. It has a deeper meaning rooted in philosophy. So if, you, if, you, if you've ever read any of the Plato or Aristotle, the Greek philosophers, they wrote a lot about substance. Substance is this word that's come to us out of the Latin that originated from a Greek word. But substance was the stuff of the universe. It's what the universe is made of. It's what dogs and cats are made of. It's what people are made of. It's what stars are made of. It's, it's what planets are made of. Substance. So a philosopher can't philosophize without thinking about substance because the point of philosophy, the point of pondering life is, is everything in life, right? Everything. And the writer here of Hebrews, the apostle, that's not lost on him. He understands this. The word substance here has a deeper meaning rooted in classical thinking. In particular, the Greek philosophers wrote much about substance. Substance has to do with the universe and all of the created order. The statement that faith is the substance is a statement giving nod to the universe and all that's in it. Faith is the substance of the things we cannot see, but in particular, the eternal unseen promises that we have in Christ. This is what the apostle is pointing us to. Because remember, what's the context of this letter? We Jews want to go back to Jerusalem and offer animal sacrifices because we can see that blood, we can see that lamb, we can see that priest, we can see that temple. It's what our fathers have taught us for centuries. It's what we've been doing. It's what the scriptures have shown us. It's much easier to believe in that than to believe in a Jesus who died on the cross, who rose from the dead, that is not, I can't see him. He, you tell me Jesus is with me, but, but I don't see him anywhere. They didn't know that song yet. I feel him in my hands. I feel him. They didn't know that song yet. So 
They just could only go by what they could see, and they couldn't see him. They couldn't see a lot of things. They saw persecution. They saw division. They saw all kinds of things, and it was contrary. What they were able to see was contrary to what faith is telling us to believe. And so the apostle here makes this statement. Now faith is the substance. Listen, who we are and what we believe and what we're rooted and grounded in, faith is the substance of that. You want to talk about Greek philosophy, you want to talk about Aristotle pondering the universe and everything in it, listen, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things you hope for that you cannot see. Faith is the the substance of that. Faith is the substance of things unseen and promised to us by God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the things that are eternal and unseen in Jesus are just as real as the created sun that rises in the east and sets in the west. What we have in Christ is just as real as this physical substance all around us. Faith apprehends as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It rests on the fact, it acts upon it, and is upheld by it in the face of all that seems to contradict it. Faith is real seeing. That's a quote from Vincent's Word Studies. Faith is real seeing that gives us eyes to see things that are not as real, that are as real as anything our physical eye can see. The things we by faith see are just as real as the things we by sight are able to see, by light are able to see. We see by physical light But by faith, we see by a spiritual light, Jesus Christ. He gives us light to see that which is unseen, but is no less real. In fact, it's more real because the things that are unseen, the things that we can see by the light of Christ, by the light of faith, are eternal. The things we see by natural light and natural sight, all of this, it will pass one day. People are kind of sad because they're building houses everywhere. And it is kind of sad. You know, you see a beautiful landscape, beautiful vista, and then next thing you know, it's just like full of houses. And then you have environmentalists who are saying, well, you know, we're ruining the earth. We're, we're, we're farmland is disappearing and, and the earth is being ruined. You know what would happen if we just stopped, if everything stopped right now? I mean, pick any neighborhood, pick any subdivision you want to think of. Do you know how short a period of time it would take for the earth to take that subdivision back over? For those houses to degrade and go back to the earth where they came from? I mean, it would not take long at all. Where one day you're looking and seeing a bunch of houses, it wouldn't take long at all. You're back to looking at a bunch of vegetation. Maybe growing over those houses. But the point is, listen, everything that we take so seriously and think is so permanent, really and truly, is is fleeting and fading. 
It's the things we can't see. It's the things that we see by faith. Those are the things that are eternal. Those are the things that will never, ever, ever pass away. Don't put your hope on the things that are fleeting. Put your hope, put your trust in the things that are eternal. Through faith, the things hoped for that are not seen are known to be real. Or as the early church father, Chris Odom, says, faith gives reality or substance to the things hoped for. Faith is the substance and it is also the confidence we have in Christ and all that God has promised us in him. Faith is the faculty God has gifted to us by which we come to confidently know that he is. If I were to ask you, do you believe in God? And you said, yes. And then I said, well, have you ever seen him? I mean, have you ever physically seen God? I mean, have you ever shook his hand? Have you ever sat and had coffee with him? I mean, have you ever really, I mean, have you, do you have a picture of God you can show me? Well, no. You mean you've never physically seen God? Well, no. Well, then why do you believe in him? Well, because of faith. See, the world doesn't understand that. But this is what the apostle is saying. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance, and it's also the confidence we have in Christ in all that God has promised us in Christ. Faith is the faculty that gives us the ability to see the unseen, to know the unseen, and to know it confidently. Faith is more than our wishing. Faith is our knowing. Faith is not knowing with perfection. Faith is knowing with confidence. Do you understand there's a difference? Do any of us have perfect faith? No. If you were to ask me, Pastor Jeff, do you ever have doubts? I would say, yes. Of course I do. I'm human. I'm imperfect. I have a mind that's being renewed, but it hasn't been fully renewed yet. Yes, I have doubts. Yes, I have fears. Yes, I have uncertainties. But you know what overcomes all of those? Faith overcomes them. Because what's greater than my doubt is my faith. And faith tells me, I can't see this, but I know it's real. I can't make sense of this, but I know that God's hand is in this, and I know that his will shall be done. Because I know that he is sovereign over everything. And there is no scheme of man. There's no scheme of the devil. There's nothing any created thing can do to stop the purposes of God. Nothing. That's my faith. That's knowing with confidence. And that's what faith gives us. It gives us confidence. It is our confidence. Thus the inspired words, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, which brings us to this word evidence. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence, it's the convincing proof, it's the verification of things not seen. Well, how do you verify something that's not seen? By faith. Let me read to you from uh, a commentary from the Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary on Hebrews. Let me, I'll read you some quotes from some different men. 
from John Calvin. Eternal life is promised to us, but it is when we are dead we are told of a blessed resurrection. But meanwhile, we molder in the dust. We are declared to be justified and sin dwells in us. We hear that we are blessed. Meantime, we are overwhelmed in endless miseries. We are promised abundance of all goods, but we still endure hunger and thirst. God declares he will immediately come to our help, but he seems deaf to our cries. What shall we do if we had not faith and hope to lean on? And if our mind did not emerge amidst the darkness above the world by the shining of the word and spirit of God. It's easy to believe what you see or what you don't see. But faith gives you the ability to see beyond Not just what you see, but what you are not seeing. Lord, I'm hungry. I need food, and food doesn't come. Lord, I'm in pain. I need healing, but healing doesn't come. Lord, I'm in tribulation. I'm in grief, but peace doesn't come. What do we do? I don't see peace coming, therefore, I don't believe. No, faith says, I don't see peace coming, but yet... I'm going to rise above the darkness of this world and through the shining light of God's word and God's spirit, I'm going to trust God even though I can't see peace coming, I see Jesus. I see Jesus with all things under his feet. Not because I can see all things under his feet, but because I know he suffered and he died and he was glorified. On our behalf. Let me read you another quote. I don't know who this person is, but he had a really good good quote. Bishop Pearson. Faith is an assent unto truths credible upon the testimony of God, not on the reasonableness of the thing revealed. The world would say, "That's that's not reasonable. I don't care if it's reasonable or not. My faith is in God and in His truth, whether it appears reasonable or not. Faith is an ascent unto truths credible upon the testimony of God delivered to us in the writings of the apostles and prophets. Thus, Christ's ascension is the cause and His absence the crown of our faith. Because He ascended, we the more believe. And because we believe in Him who hath ascended, our faith is the more accepted. One last quote from Augustine here. Faith believes what it sees not, for if you see there is no faith. The Lord has gone away so as not to be seen. He is hidden that he may be believed. The yearning desire by faith after him who is unseen is the preparation of a heavenly mansion for us. When he shall be seen, it shall be given to us as the reward of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Living by faith is not walking by sight. Living by faith is walking by faith and not by the natural light and the natural sight of this physical world. I don't recommend that you go walking around 
with your eyes closed and tell people as you bump into things that you're walking by faith. When they ask you, why do you keep bumping into things? Well, I'm trying to walk by faith and not by sight. No, listen, open your eyes. See the world with eyes wide open. See everything in the world with eyes wide open. But more than that, see everything in the world through the eyes of faith, which will help you discern what you should count on that you can see and that you cannot see. What you should look to, whether it is seen or whether it is unseen. The fullness of what is promised to us in Christ cannot be known or seen in this physical world by physical sight. What has been fully and freely given to us in Christ can only be known and seen by faith. The fact that it cannot be seen or manifest in this physical realm has nothing to do with its truth or its reality. Romans eight twenty four through 25 For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. With long suffering, we wait in faith. Seeing, not by sight, but by faith, what God has promised that is real and true and eternal and shall never, ever, ever pass away. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. As Revelation deals with spiritual and invisible things exclusively, faith is the faculty needed by us, since it is the evidence of things not seen. By faith we venture our eternal interest on the bare word of God. In other words, we put our faith, our trust in what God has declared By His Word, in His Word, by His Spirit. His Spirit that lives in us and bears witness with us to His Word and His truth. We put our faith in that, in the bare Word of God. Not on everything we can see. Not on everything we can make sense of. Not on everything we can reason and logically line out. Sometimes it lines out. And God has made a logical and a reasonable world ordered with all sorts of things that that create order and logic and reason and help them function and work. But as you know and as I know, life doesn't always make sense. And when life doesn't make sense, it's not our inability to, to figure it out that determines our faith. It's what God has declared in his word that determines our faith. And so we lay our faith on the bare word of God, and this is altogether reasonable. That is reasonable. Not trusting God, that's unreasonable. To the world it might be reasonable, but to the believer, to the just, to not trust God, even when the world does not make sense and life doesn't make sense, that is not reasonable. To go to the word of God and see what God has promised, even when we can't see it physically around us, To trust it in spite of what we cannot see, that is reasonable. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Living by faith is walking by faith and trusting in what God cannot be be seen, yet known to be true. 
The faith that God has given us is the substance of those things we are hoping for in Christ. And faith is the evidence of those eternal and unseen things that will one day break into a new creation just as visible and bright as the noonday sun on a cloudless day. What you can only see by faith now, you will see in reality one day. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, when is that day? I can't tell you when that day is. But the Bible tells us that day is coming. That day is coming. Christ is coming. There is a day coming when the last enemy, death, will be put underfoot. And we will live in that light. And there will no longer be the unseen. We will live with the full sight of faith, face to face with our Savior. That's good news. And you can have that assurance through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, let's get ready to come to the table. If you profess faith, live by faith. And let your life show your faith in your walk and in your works. The just shall live by faith is not lip service. Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, and ascended to the Father so that your life and mine can be transformed and set free from the bondages of this sin-filled world. Live by faith and live free from the bondage of sin. Stop making excuses and start actually living and walking by faith and showing His life and His light all around. He has given you faith. Let us live it to His glory. Amen.